0: welcome to the laughing monkey music uh show scott how are you doing today
1: good how you doing sean
0: doing good scott good. is um been in every band that i could probably think of at mm-hmm. this point so we're gonna go through a few things and then we'll end up on seeing you know some of the current things you're working on now right yeah um i'd like to start off with how old were you when you first first started like <sighs> like playing guitar you know like i'll guitar and drums and like everything yeah. really i started playing guitar i like, mean right? drums
1: yeah. did you okay. drums drums was um I started um, very young I started playing pots and pans and stuff like that and okay. um, and um, I found one of my uh, parents records the Beatles the first Beatles record when I found that I that was it you know I started I started beating on the um, laundry baskets and everything and I'm sure that a lot of other people have the same story, but that's just the uh, you know the effect they had, that the Beatles had, you know. And I just you know was I just got into music and I never looked back. By the way, I see your Yellow Submarine over there in the corner. Don't think I didn't see that. No. Um, I got my first drum set. Um, it'll tell you when it was because it said Diamond Disco on the bass drum. <laughs> so it was like seventy-eight or seventy-nine. I'm giving my age away now too, but um, it was I was you know seven or eight or whatever. And, um, and then they had, it had like paper heads on it and I beat the crap out of them. And I, so, so by the time I got a real drum set, well, if you want to call it that they were Ludwigs, but they were, it was just like two drum, a bass drum and two other drums. But yep. So I worked my way up until um, my dad got me my Ludwig, um, uh, butcher block kit with two bass drums and three times and the whole thing. But, um, so by, by the time I did get a regular kit, I had a layer of tape on the heads the diamond disco drum set to
0: keep them yeah, just, they just i just kept up. taping
1: over it so they, they didn't make much noise which was probably good you know better for my family and my parents that they didn't have to hear i was gonna say kudos part. for buying
0: buying drums for that
1: you know, oh yeah I'm like, totally I'm
0: okay yeah. with all my kids playing instruments i'm like i don't need a drum yeah,
1: right <laughs> i mean my parents were so electronic supportive. Drums. that's awesome yeah, so supportive of me um with music so that that was very i'm very lucky for that um but um
0: then from there you went to actually, so you did the normal spiel about playing to the years to go professional and music school. Actually, that's when you were talking We started talking about earlier how you mm-hmm. ended up going to school
1: in um, Hollywood. Yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, Chicago to Hollywood when I was nineteen, and uh, it went what to it? went to MI Musicians Institute, um, and uh, it was the it was the second year in the new building, meaning. Across the street, it was on Hollywood Boulevard, was the original a lot of guitar players. GIT was really big in like 87, mm-hmm. 88. And, um, you know, Paul Gilbert, Rush, Russ Parrish, who is, uh, what's his name in the?
0: Steel Panther?
1: Yeah, Satchel. Yeah, I but was in a lot good. of bands with Russ. Oh, he's great. He's amazing. I'm, I'm very happy for him and, and uh, Steel Panther. That's awesome. But, um, and Johnny Monaco. Johnny went yeah. uh, to the old school across the street. So, Then they got, um, and now it's just expanded and it's crazy, but um, I was the second year when it was at that new school, which was on McCadden off of Hollywood Boulevard, and um, they had a big stage room, a performance room with lights and video that would video, and you could watch the video of you performing and all that stuff. So it was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, so, and I came out with John Monaco, it was his idea to come out to Hollywood for for me to go to MI, so that was great, Um, I owe that to him. (laughs) amongst many other things but um so um yeah so then I just you know went through that and um, it was a good way to meet other musicians as well that's because I knew most of the curriculum that's the reason I wanted to go there was to meet to play with other musicians I was on that live playing stage every Wednesday in like six bands out of 24 whatever it was however many they could do that day and um so and that's where I met Scott Schreiner from who's in Weezer now, and so many guys that I still play with to this day. Nolly Colt from Vintage Trouble, a guitar yep. player, went to, who was in my my Led Zeppelin band with me for years. So, you know, it was kind of a foundation to start, so I could, instead of just going out with a suitcase, hey, you want to jam me? What do I do now? You know what I mean? So it was a good base to start my career. <laughs> well,
0: it's, it's also going to be focused. I mean, you were 19 years old going to California. That's pretty... Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
1: Yeah. during the PD it sounds yeah, it was, like you got lost and everything else. Well, the, like I was saying before, the cool thing is that Johnny knew Hollywood could he cuz he had already been there and he came back to when he went back to Chicago from MI. That's when I met him. And so I was like a senior in high school or junior or senior. And I had the basement, you know, because my oldest, I'm the youngest, so all my older siblings were in college. And my mom and dad just, they traveled a lot for work and stuff, but they just put up with the noise. But my basement was like the Viper Room, you know, we had a bar and, you know, PA and (laughs) guitar amps, all Johnny's shit was down there. And, um, you know, we had a good old time. We had a great time in the basement in Chicago and Arlington Heights. Um, So, but then we just, um, you know, went from there and went up to Hollywood. So, but he had already been there. Johnny had already been in, um, in Hollywood. He lived there for one or two years when he went to GIT before. So he showed us around because we had two other friends that went with us, um, two other guitar players. One of them went to GIT, and the other one went to some other school. But, um, but yeah, it was good times. It seems like a, a lifetime ago. <laughs> it's,
0: it's playing a, a small world that you guys have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. The rock and roll community is very some, tight. Yeah.
1: It definitely yeah, is small. Yeah.
0: You got done with school. What was the fir- so was what was the first bigger band? You, could, you did probably a lot of million different bands. But as far as what was the first band, you kind of felt like you were kind of getting your feet wet, you know what I mean? Kind of Oh,
1: getting my feet wet. Well, um, <clears throat> well, I had the cool thing was um in the early days, right after I finished school, oh I just I wanted to share this. I just got this, I did a yeah. test and I'm I'm negative. So good. Yeah because I, I was feeling a cold coming on so my girlfriend and I got tested so I'm negative everybody woo should <laughs> share that um and um what was I saying uh oh right so uh, with Russ parish actually um yep. we I started playing in the early days 91 92 at the FM station it was crazy that were like hatton and Harry did a he was the uh, promoter. He was a big promoter in, in in Hollywood in those days, and he had <clears throat> like two nights a month at FM station. And I had a Thin Lizzie band with Lance Turner, who's in Atomic Punk. He took Russ's place as Eddie Van Halen in the Atomic Punk band. A great guy. And he and I were in a band called POL together with Tommy Hendrickson from Alice Cooper. It's, it just goes on, but um, <clears throat> but anyway. Um, so uh, I, would, I would play at the FM station and the Ice tie Cafe and like all these in this coconut teaser, all the, the clubs on, on Sunset and everything like, but that was the end of the 80s kind of era when I came mm-hmm. out here. I came out here in 1990. So um, it was like the tail end of the whole era. and I got to see the, um, the, the Sunset Boulevard when, or Hollywood Boulevard. No, sorry, sunset with all the flyers and the guys with the with the big hair and the makeup and all that stuff. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I got to there, actually huh? experience it, like just the tail end of it. But um, so that was cool. enough. so I started playing at those those places and then kind of built from there. You know, meeting different players and um, still play with some of them to this day. You know, which is pretty cool. So from there, brides of destruction.
0: Uh, brides came
1: yeah brides came in 2004 um and this was many many years later so i i went through a lot of i played with, with vanilla ice in, in that time earlier otep um i was in a band called edna swap which was a really cool band in the late 90s um uh, pete yorn was around there um piva which yeah P, that's his yep. record behind me the music for the morning after okay, so yeah. yeah it's a great record so um, and I still talk to Pete and, um, yeah, but then Brides, Brides was probably, um, oh, I gotta say, the, wait, Vanilla
0: Ice, I, I thought I'd really, oh, yeah. like, let's, let's go back a little bit.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that will go Brides, because I love, I love Brides, but okay. Vanilla Ice, how did <laughs> that happen? Like, that's a, that's, a, well, that's an interesting, uh, Yeah, up.
1: yeah, that was Scott Schreiner, um, the bass player from Weezer mm-hmm. was in, um, in that band. The band was awesome. It was, um. The record that he had done that his name's Rob, Rob Van Winkle, but right, yeah, right, yeah. Ice, yeah, great guy. man. we had so much fun. I don't talk to him anymore, unfortunately, but um, not for any reason. We just, you know, we just hadn't, didn't stay in touch. But um, um, <clears throat> the band was, oh, the record was called um, Hard to Swallow. And oh, uh, that he one? Did, yeah, so he, it was his first, he was doing like this heavy corn, corn. kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was um, produced by Ross Robinson, who did corn. I believe, and just that—that that sound, you know. <clears throat> and um, I do not play the out. record, but they needed a drummer to do the tour because the guy that played on the record was um, um, what's the band? The singer Sully. Um, I always forget. The oh, Godsmack. You. Godsmack. Yeah, the tall. He's drummer. Drummer. The, not Sully. This—he's a singer, but the drummer yeah. for Godsmack. The drummer is. Um, what's his name? Great drummer.
0: oh he's—he was a drummer in. uh I look at Joe too. I think right. Um,
1: yeah. It's a real tall, and slanky and- dude. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. What you talk about I almost yeah. Thought, I want to so, but he played on the record, and um, but then um, I, I don't know which of the of the other band guys played on that record. But um, Rob Patterson had a lot to do with that. He was um, in uh, Orgy after that, and Otep. He's the one that got me to be to to do the Otep tour that I did, the Ozfest tour. Um, but the other guys. So there were two bass players. It was Scott Schreiner and. Um, um, Doug uh, Ardito from Puddle and Mud, the original Puddle and Mud bass player. And wow. um, yeah. And so they were the two bass players. And then the guitar player was Rob, uh, the guitar, two guitar players, Rob Patterson. And um, I, forget, I can't think of his name right now, but he was in Velvet Revolver. Um, the other guitar, the ball dude, guitar, uh, Kushner, without, yeah, without, Dave Dave yeah. Kushner.
0: Kushner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So wow. he's awesome. So that was a great band. And then there was a, a DJ and a rapper and Rob. So, and we were doing really heavy stuff and playing, you know, and we had, had some really hardcore New York, New York hardcore bands opening up for us. So there were huge mosh pits and it was, it was just crazy. So that was, that was like 99 or something. Um, we did that. So, um, and we did two eight week tours. There's, there were 14 guys on a tour bus. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it was I can't a lot know, of fun. I- yeah. I don't think there's any footage of, of that lineup. Unfortunately, I should, um, I should ask Scott if he has anything as Shriner, but um, I never saw any footage. I tried look tried finding it once. <laughs> so I was like, I wonder if there's anything out there, but I didn't, didn't find any, but that's a really good record. I, I visited it recently. And um, uh, it's a, it's a good record. Hard to swallow. Vanilla ice. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: going to have to go back and listen to it now. I think, yeah, it's cool. It's heavy. I think, well, the thing is, I think I heard one song. I think when it came out, he was switching styles. When, he switched he styles party, in the '90s like
1: five times. Yeah, he was like, like stoner like, reggae guy to heavy yeah. metal. Yeah.
0: One of them, I think, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm done.
1: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He's Can switching on me
0: too much. Yeah, too many yeah. style changes. I didn't feel. As off yeah, I as think he's so. kind of
1: gotten back to the the original thing now. As so. he, oh yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, work. I have always been cool. doing House Hunters and stuff. Are those shows? So right. Wow, yeah, in wow. the house shows hmm yeah yes, uh, so I'm, so that was I'm a lot of fun actually.
1: we we had a lot of a lot of fun man i have some really crazy stories from those times um hanging out with rob and those guys so
0: so actually so wow so you did otep in the Ozfest? i may have seen you actually now, back mm-hmm. then it was in, in europe
1: around. it was in europe
0: oh so you didn't do you didn't do the Ozfest over here
1: no oh. their drummer that was a crazy um situation their drummer's name was Moke. very good drummer mm-hmm. I, I don't know where what he's doing now but um Um, he um, had broken his arm and they were getting ready to leave for, to, to come to, to go to Europe to do Ozfest for like, you know, it was a pretty long run. It was like three and a half weeks out there or something. And um, so um, being that I had played with Rob Patterson, the guitar player from Vanilla Ice, he, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know Otep, I didn't know her, I didn't know Evil J, the bass player, and um so Rob calls me and says, Hey man, you know, I've uh, I got this band and we're I didn't know who they were. And it was our first record. He said, I'm our drummer broke his arm and we we have we can do one rehearsal and then we're going to do Ozfest. I said, no problem. He comes over at like 10 at night and um and brings me the CD and we sit down and we listen and I, I start playing it and I looked, I just look at him and I go you're an asshole <laughs> my work was cut out for me man and it, but it was so much fun but it was nerve-wracking you know because I had one rehearsal and the stuff is so syncopated and so heavy and a lot lot, lot lot very intense you have to follow her because w- with her how she does all the different uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, different levels of intensity so yeah,
0: she's very powerful
1: oh I yeah super super powerful um, and so uh, but I, the first show was a little shaky, but after, uh, after that, I was um, off to the races. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And it was very challenging, too, which is why I liked it a lot.
0: Hey, you you become the go to drummer at that point, huh? You already started. I was. Your, I was know. doing
1: tons of stuff then. <laughs> One of the very fun things I did back then was to play on Sinead O'Connor's record. Um, but that was through the band Edna Swap that I was in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Scott Cutler and Ann Previn, who wrote the song Torn that Natalie Berglia made famous. Nothing's fine, I'm tall. But we used to do it very heavy. And that band, Edna Swap, was um, Rusty Anderson from Paul McCartney, was the guitar Mm -hmm. player. And um, Paul Bushnell, who is Tim McGraw's, Tim and Faith's um, MD, musical director. So that band was awesome. But um, Scott and Ann, um, Sinead had had heard one of the old Edna Swap songs. And she wanted to... um, to cover one on her record. So, and then they had collaborated on another one. So they had two songs and I played drums on both of those. Faith, Hope and Courage is the name of the Sinead O'Connor record. And uh, No Man's Woman was one song. Oh, you know, okay, yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I don't wanna be no man's yeah. woman. Yeah, um, and um, so that was that was a lot of fun. That was cool to, to do that. And then I did a couple TV shows with her, with Sinead. Very lovely woman.
0: How was she? In, uh, so you recorded with her, you say, right? This was like, she wasn't
1: there when I did the drum tracks for for the for her songs for the record, but um, but I did end up performing with her, um, doing like the, all the TV shows for mm-hmm. the for the uh, the press for her record. So we did Jay Leno and um, uh, Conan, and, you know, all the all the TV shows. Uh, we didn't do lettering which I was bummed, but we did do. Good Morning New York or whatever that on Sunday that New York show and it was, yep. it was like 6 30 in the morning and we had to play like four oh. songs or something like maybe not it's that so, it was, so was so 6 30 my all. time yeah <laughs> yeah it's so roll. <laughs> anything before like, noon yeah.
0: this is not what I signed up for This is the morning show, right
1: exactly but that was a great and that band was Rusty uh played guitar Rusty Anderson who's fantastic I've got to play on his first solo record as well Rusty's Um, swimming underwater or no is that it undressing underwater I think (laughs) swimming underwater would just be swimming wouldn't it (laughs) yeah right yeah Um, undressing underwater is the name of it and the drummers on that record were myself and Stuart Copeland and Abel Boyle Jr so that's pretty good company if I do say so myself. But I played on the heavier rock songs, two of them. And then, and Paul McCartney played on that record too, but I didn't get to meet him.
0: That That's insane. <laughs> that's uh-huh. quite a lineup for the album. That's a quite a lineup.
1: Oh yeah. And then that's just the drummers, you, you know, but you should check oh, that record out. It's very good. I'm going sing out. underwater by Rusty Anderson. I'm
0: going to check out a uh, bunch of these out.
1: Yeah. And, probably
0: um, I need to go back and look at, listen to it again. Yeah.
1: yeah. So um, yeah, that was, was really cool. You know, there was pete yorn in there and sinead and you know people ask what i've done and i say well i've done everything from sinead o'connor to otep <laughs> it's quite a good <laughs> I, I was in a boy band too i was in a band called all for one you know that song you... i
0: swear no you weren't um, like, yeah you
1: I, ju- I was their genre for for a year once again yeah. there's so
0: many bands it like was that. me and
1: three <laughs> keyboard players so three it was...
0: keyboard players
1: yeah it was just all synths and tracks so i was playing you know with tracks that's that's why they said I got the gig because I played with the click track the best. So well, um, I can yeah. see
0: you in the band, but three keyboards. Has anybody ever not seen a Yes?
1: Lined up with a, has, has anybody
0: not seen like a Yes concert? You
1: need three keyboard <laughs> players? Right. Exactly. <laughs> One
0: guy can handle like eight. Yeah, Rick Wakeman, <laughs> man.
1: That's
0: right. Yeah, with a, and a cape and everything. That's right, performing. the cape. Yeah,
1: he's the man. I love
0: you. Yes. That's a, I, that, last time I saw him, he was it was, just, it was such a good show. Yeah, oh. they're
1: great.
0: Yeah. That's- um, I did
1: the um, I did the Rock Fantasy Camp in Vegas, um, and I, I was just thinking about Alan White because he's like <clears throat> one of my influences as you know as a drummer, and uh, uh, he was one of the counselors when I was a counselor at Rock Camp when I was in Vegas, and he invited me to come see Yes after this was after the Rock Camp, and we became friends. We went out to dinner one night actually, yeah, and. <laughs> Um, and I asked him, I said, you know, he played on Imagine, he played drums with John Lennon on Imagine, being the Beatles fan that I am, and Lennon's my favorite. Yeah. So I just, I asked, after a few, we were at this German place called um, uh, House, and um, it's very, you know, they have a German band playing, and they they serve the, the sausages and the, you know, the big things of beer. Yeah, yeah. So, and and yeah, he likes, nice. likes his beer, the Steins of beer, right. <clears throat> and Alan likes his beer, so and so did I at the time. So we were drinking a lot, and I finally got up <laughs> the guts to, to ask him about Imagine. I was like, John, uh, uh, "Alan, what was it like to play with John Lennon?" <laughs> and he said, "He said oh he was great. You know, he was he was a great guy, and you know, we did a lot of stuff together.'" And I was like, "Oh my god, that's that's just un- unbelievable." So, but Alan's just he's so down to earth. It's you know you do it, you know he played. Play with john lennon but he's so cool you know what i mean he's so down to earth and uh, i thought that was that was very nice and the, but that what i was going to say is he invited us to um to the a yes concert at the joint and that oh, was nice. awesome my brothers were in town and my oldest brother jack is a huge yes fan so i brought him and went backstage and he was like oh my god what, what's going on and we met we met all the guys um look at, we got to that's when chris squire was still alive too so oh. we got, yeah, we got to say hello to Chris Squire, which was really cool. Pinch was, was a of, lot of fun.
0: Was it? Yeah, cause you got, yeah. that was...
1: 2009. nine I think. Cause I was already in Ace yeah. Frehley. I was in Ace Frehley, I joined Ace Frehley in 2007. And then, um, and then I had known George for many years before that, um, well, about five. Uh, mm-hmm. We met in 2004. Um, because I was in a band with Rowan Robertson and, and um, Oni Logan and Spencer Campbell called Violet's Demise. And that, that was my first big band. This is like 93, around the going back to, I was Rowan, playing. Uh, you know the where they saw me play? Huh? Where, where? where, was, Rowan where?
0: was a guitarist from um, Dio, right? For,
1: from Dio, right. And he right, does right. the rock. Um, <laughs> <right>. Oh, you know what?
0: I, I, I the way, was, like I was just going
1: to say, his name just <laughs> popped into my head. Isn't that funny how that works? It is. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, I wanted, yeah. We're yeah. really, like, yeah. oh, oh, oh! <laughs> I couldn't like. It's kind of
0: like a, yeah, Shannon. Right. I couldn't think of it this well, Shannon,
1: yeah. Um, so, um, so I was playing uh, with Russ Parish actually at FM station. His name keeps coming up uh, back in the '90s. And Oni and Rowan were looking for a drummer for their project. Wendy Deal was managing it, and um, it's, it's, it was very cool. They they saw me play, and they I remember being in that little back room at FM mm-hmm. station. In, in North Hollywood, and they were they were asking me like, "What are you doing right now? Can you can you be in our band and stuff like that?" And I was not in, in a band with Monaco at the time. That was a big uh, a big problem when I, I left him to go do this thing. But anyway, um, but I went to um, I went to meet with them and play, and everything went great. And so um, so I was doing that. We were signed to Atlantic and did a record with Dave Jordan, you know, who did Alice in Chains and Jane's Addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was never released because, um, Nirvana came out because <laughs> we were like a Led Zeppelin trippy, you know, uh, like Badlands, we were supposed to be the new Badlands on Atlantic. So, but that, uh, never came out, but, um, I met George through Oni and, uh, it was 94 actually. I've mm-hmm. known George for a long time. So yeah, thinking back,
0: uh, on the way, for you guys, the new Badlands, Badlands, they, they were probably just ending too, huh? They were, they, they ended know. like
1: 93. 92. They had a second now, the, the album,
0: right? But and they, I remember they yeah. kept, I heard later on, just recently, I guess he had AIDS and they kept it a secret, right? They did, yeah. it Because
1: you
0: what know, was his name
1: again? Right, Ray, Ray Gillen. Yeah, Ray Gillen. He was great. I met him oh, at the FM station, so and he was a
0: great voice, guy, too. right? He yeah, sang a Oni kind of has
1: that same yeah he does. thing, yeah. So that's that's their kind of um, connection. Oni should have been like,
0: bigger, As, uh, you know I me. Mean? Yeah, Oni's amazing. You know, he's a singer. He's a musician, singer. Yeah. But he, I don't think he ever got as big as he should have been. I think he should have yeah, been
1: bigger. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean, yeah, I agree. But um, you know that this band that that I did with him should have. It's a shame because it's so good. The record still to this day holds up. Um, I revisit it often. Um, Rowan wants to. Um, it's a long story, man. The Atlantic wouldn't give us the the masters back for years. Wendy was fighting with them and everything, and they just wouldn't give us the masters. Or maybe they lost Why? them. Who knows? So. Um, Ron and I actually a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago did, um, went into a studio in Vegas and I recut the drums with him playing guitar. So we're, you know, if we can get Oni to, to bark on it, (laughs) you know, we can have our, our songs back, you know what I mean? And and release it ourselves. But,
0: um, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. So we're, that's in the making. Um, so, um, as soon as I I asked Ron recently, what's going on, what are we going to do? And he said, uh, you know, um, after covid you know after everything kind of gets back to normal we can yeah go back and look at it again and and see where we're at but you know we've always the four of us have always you know we owe it to ourselves to put it out you know and um and i mean i have the record but you know it's not um um it's been so long since it's been recorded but it still sounds great like i said but for us to own it and put it out we have to redo it so um Yeah, I was 20 when I recorded that (laughs) 1993, 92, but um, I'm curious, but yeah, so it's, it's called Violet's Demise and um, we're, you know, um, we're, we're redoing it. So, but um, that's through Oni. I met George, back to the George Lynch thing. And, um, and then uh, we recorded in 94 in Arizona, which is the side project Rowan and Oni and I did, and um, we did five songs. I don't even know if George still has those but many years later in life um, I joined ACE in 2007 and we had some time off and George contacted me to do Lynch Mob and I did and it, um, that was a great lineup that was Oni and myself and George and uh, Marco Mendoza on bass who's you know Dead Daisies and um, uh, mm-hmm. Ted Nugent and Whitesnake <clears throat> um, um, and we did a record called Smoke and Mirrors, which is really awesome. I'm very and proud heard of that. that one.
0: It's, it's a good. Very, album.
1: very proud. Thank you. I'm very proud of that record. And um, um, so we did that. And then I was on and off with Lynch Mob. Tishy would come in and play, and I would come in. I would g- go back and do something else. And when I wasn't doing Ace, I would do Lynch Mob again. And I was t- playing with Stephen Piercy at, around the same time and the, the Rat Bastards and his solo band, which I'm going to start doing again this year. Um, I'm going to play on the, his new record this year and tour, uh, tour if we can. But we're going to we're going to do a live stream uh, with Stephen Piercy the Rap Bastards, um, in the end of February from the Whiskey here in uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. So, so the Lynch Mob thing is, was on and off. And um, the last time I had a long run with Lynch Mob was uh, 2018. So just a, okay. few, a few years ago. So I'll be, it'll be it'll be fun to play with Stephen again with that band. Um, Frankie Wilsey is the guitar player. I don't know who's playing bass uh, yet, but um, uh, Eric Faustinos, Fer- Ferentinos is his name. Mm-hmm. He's the one that writes all the stuff with Stephen. He's kind of the brains behind the side project. Eric, he's is. been
0: writing with him for a long time, right? He's, he's yeah. A- he's like his. Like, he, used mo- he used to mow.
1: He used to mow Stephen's lawn when he was a kid in San Diego. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Are you serious? I think, yeah. Yeah. And I think he just like, just was always going, Hey, check this. When he was a little kid, when he was a kid, he'd run over to Steven's and be like, check this out, man, check this song out. And here he is today, writing songs for Steven's solo records. So kudos to him. too. We've spent we spent a lot of time together, you know, uh, me and Eric and Frankie and, and, and Steven, you know, I started playing with them in 2007, right around when I joined ACE, maybe it was 06, I think it was 06. And, um, um, yeah, we did a lot of a lot of fun tours together, a lot of good stories I <laughs> came from, no, from it, the, the, it, oh, it, you know who the first bass player was in that uh, lineup of the, it was Eric and Frankie and um, Chuck Wright from Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot. Yeah, on our first tour we did, I think it was 06 or 07, and um, uh, yeah, Chuck's awesome, and uh, it's just like you said, it's just a small world, man, we all know, we all know Everybody. each other, and, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, well, you, a,
0: you must be pretty chill because you've been a lot of the people you've been with are known to be their own, have their own opinions out, out, out of their, their minds. <laughs> I'm not saying out of their minds, that's, I'm just no, saying, no, no. I know, I know, I <laughs> know, and it's not like who they that's are a, because the, the media perception is different than what they really are. Yeah, I hang out with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I think some of the people you have have been kind of a uh, Nikki Six,
1: Stephen Piercey, George Lynch, Ace freely <laughs> I was thinking,
0: on. I was thinking more Ace actually.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, um, Ace, they're, is they're, awesome. I was spoken. A
1: sweetheart. Ace is a sweetheart, man. He's great. I miss him. But we had slash, yeah, we had slash play, uh, or Ace had slash play on that. Um, I remember working out the. The um, guitar solo because he wanted to play and then have Slash play, and so I worked out the timing. I remember working it out with Ace um, for Ace to go for. Or to, I forget the order that we did, but then I said then both solo for the last eight bars, and then we'll go back out and do a short verse. And so we worked it out together, and that came out really good. That was the first time I've heard of um, Warren so, um, when he. It's Warren, right?
0: Yeah, it's Warren. Warren, Warren here. Cured.
1: You're right. Yeah. Um. When he, um, mixed that record, and he did a really good job. Um, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. And um, Ace really fun. likes Ace. use likes to use them uh, to mix. Um. And um. You know, because I've done quite a few records with Ace. You know, I did like three three records with him.
0: I think it helps out. Warren's a really good guitar player. He's been in bands. I didn't know that. That's interesting. And he he's very
1: nice too. Like that was that was a, a a lot of fun, doing Origins. Um. You know, I sang the the Led Zeppelin song, uh, Bring It On Home, which was a lot of fun. Ace is like, I want you to sing the Robert Plant stuff. You do that really well. And, uh, and I was like, all right. So we recorded I went down to Ace's one weekend down in San Diego and did vocals. You know, I sang background vocals on a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff. I think I, I sang on the Cream song too, um, White Room. I did the, the uh, i wait in this place, the Jack Bruce part. <laughs> so that really? was a lot I'll
0: of fun. I'll go back and listen to it now. I know the album. Yeah. I listen to it
1: you know, yeah the, and I, I like White it. Room. And I think White Room was the single too. So but that was love he,
0: he had you sing a lie, Paul Stanley yeah. live. You your- yeah, I did
1: all the Paul Stanley stuff live and um and um and the kiss a lot of the kiss stuff I sang too. He he did as much as he could, you know. That that was the reason why they got me originally because I'm a lead singer. Um Anthony Esposito, the original bass player. Um Wanted to get a singing drummer because he didn't want somebody down on the stage singing while Ace was there for some reason. Yeah. And a- Anthony kind of put the first version of that band together, um, and um, he had seen me um, play with my Led Zeppelin band, doing you know, singing Led Zeppelin and drumming at the same time. So, so I, he thought of me, and uh, you know, I, I, they flew me out to New York, and then I ended up doing the the Ace gig. But the hard part was. Well, that was 2007 and singing
0: um, and drumming what do you like blow on a medicine ball to keep in shape Please, <laughs> oh.
1: yeah lead singing and drumming yeah led zeppelin for two hours
0: oh, i don't know so how weird. I do it i
1: don't know <laughs> i've been doing like- it for a lot for a long time it sounds painful doesn't it, <laughs> it does.
0: it's horrifying,
1: it's guess, horrifying. I,
0: I, maybe Otep got you ready for that i mean the-
1: right yeah get, get me in shape for that um but um but yeah we um you know, uh, they they Anthony thought of me because of that reason, and um, and so I ended up you know doing all the high Paul Stanley stuff because Ace isn't really a strong lead singer. Yeah. So and now um now Not he has the, yeah yeah now he has those Nashville guys singing for him. So he says they all sing like birds. So God bless him.
0: <laughs> I I you know I heard it was a rough uh, ending. It felt like for you. So oh yeah,
1: it was to say the least. We- we well, I quit. I, I had quit. And um, I was in Lynchmob at the time. I was actually at a Van Halen concert when they were first coming back out. It was at the Forum. And yeah. I went with George. Lynch. George was invited by Eddie or somebody because um, it was just a friends and family show the first night. And, Is this from
0: David uh, the Roth when he, first David Roth came back? When
1: first David the Roth, yeah. And Wolfie was playing bass and Alex on drums. And mm-hmm. they had Earth, Wind & Fire opening up for them i think that makes
0: sense that makes sense
1: yeah and um but that's i called ace from there because it's i'm not going to say the the reasons why but i said f you i quit and um and so and he called immediately the next day and apologized for everything and stuff but you know i quit for uh shit till that was um that was 2010 and so i didn't um I didn't go back. He asked me to come back in 14, I think, 2014 or 15. So four or five years. And he didn't do a lot of touring. When I was, yeah. when I, after I'd quit, he, his book came out. So he was doing a lot of book tours and stuff like that. Just making making his bread, doing that. But, um, and that's when I played with Lita Ford. I toured with Lita Ford for four months on the uh, the Rock of Ages tour with uh, Poison and Def Leppard. That was a lot of fun. That was two thousand. 13 and um and then after that i moved to vegas and joined i was doing the rock fantasy camp and then joined blue man group and i did blue man for three and years that, so
0: that was my that was one of my questions that was up there with the uh with coogan's law uncle fester right? Right. Yeah. blue man group what? and jackie
1: coogan what's going on here uh, those, he would have awesome. been a good he would have been a good blue man he was a little heavy but he had
0: the ball man, like, he made a couple of blue men yeah, but yeah right
1: but the thing is a lot of people ask me um you know oh so what was it like putting on the makeup and everything but i wasn't an actual blue man um i was that
0: actually was not gonna be my question just so you know oh it wasn't
1: oh sorry but no i don't <laughs> no, 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 no big...
0: apologize i'm saying that <laughs> i'm talking about the percussion and the the whole the music itself which is yeah. the coordination of it is, that's what i wanted to know about oh
1: it's intense yeah it's super it's a very prestigious drumming gig it's very yeah it's very intense um but um it was it was very different for me than just learning a rock song and stuff. I had to learn these nine a minute pieces of music with, and when they didn't read music either, um, it was all memorization. So in videos to watch the guy playing it, then you, you copy it. And that's what the audition was too. You know, I, I, when people ask me what the audition was like, I say it was like that game, Simon, where you have to remember the colors mm-hmm. and stuff. Cause they would sit, they had all these different percussion setups, very interesting stuff that Blue Man has. And the guy would play something and first of all, I was nervous as fuck because <laughs> I was super nervous yeah. because you know because it's a big a big gig and I really wanted it because um, I'd moved out to do the rock camp to Vegas and mm-hmm. that was kind of slowing down and a lot of people were getting involved with the whole business scene oh, yeah. there and it was it was really giving me a bad taste in my mouth so um, so I really wanted that gig and take a break from rock touring and stuff and I was, I was yeah. like I could just do Blue Man but anyway and I ended up getting it which is great but um, the the audition was very tricky in that they would play something and then say, "Okay, here you go. You play it now." And the the guy that uh, Jeff De who has who has been in Blue Man for many many years, he's the one that saw me at Rock Camp and asked me to audition. I, they hadn't had auditions in like five years, and so there was like twenty guys auditioning. I got in the room and I asked him, yeah. "I said, what What can you tell me to you know? What can I know?" For? He goes, "Nothing really." He said, just remember that you can ask to, to see it again, which was super helpful. And then there's a certain thing with their drumming on, on the drum set, um, where you keep pumping eighth notes with your kick drum and your hi-hat, so it's both at the same time, which is very strange for a nat- naturally for a drummer to do, because usually mm-hmm. they're doing different things, but this one's just boom, 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 and then you do stuff with your hands. Because they're so, not...
0: Readers of sheet music, maybe it's a, it, the music evolved that way. No well, that's the down. pulse.
1: That's the blue man pulse. There's a sixteenth note thing that, and there's the boom, 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 boom. So that's their. That's kind of like part of their music. That's the pulse. So that was great. But to ask to see it again, because they did a couple things, and I was just like, what? I didn't. I didn't react like that. But that's what I was thinking in my head. And I said, can I see that again? And I. I guess I did it well because I got the gig. So and I did it for you know about three years. Wow. and uh, yeah it was it was a great experience i had a blast it was so much fun uh, but i was in the in the lofts at the um um what's the name of the the hotel the, the casino we were at um it's now called the park mgm uh, monte carlo is where we did it in lance burton's old theater the magician <laughs> that's where it was when i that's where blue man was when, when i did it it's like a 1500 seat theater it's pretty cool um you played
0: there for like what a couple so, nights a week couple shows
1: <clears throat> it was every excuse me it was every night we would do double shows two shows but me personally i would do two nights so i'd do two doubles you know yeah. um but um but i was you know we were the band there were six uh three string players and three drummers and we were up in lofts with with like white paint like tribal paint and the, when the black lights would hit in our hair and everything and doing the real tribal stuff It was so much fun and then we're watching the blue men we're up above them and we have to kind of watch what they do but it was it was I was pulling my hair out learning that stuff man I mean once I learned it and I got a few shows under my belt it was it was fine it was you know smooth sailing from there but it was it was frustrating to learn it's very tricky you know but it was challenging and you know I, I enjoyed it
0: you were probably based at home too so you weren't traveling a lot so you had a couple years exactly and i was like traveling. i can
1: just i can just do this man I don't, i'm, I'm not doing music sure and of... i have a house <laughs> yeah and i have a record i was making good money too so yeah. i had a recording studio in my house and i could buy gear and i was writing my own music because i play guitar and, and piano and sing um and um so i was you know really enjoying that i had quite a bit of time off and i was able to um to do uh, to write my own music and record mm-hmm. which is what i did with alex out there um one of the projects I did the last project I did was with Alex and Kelly the rapper so we can talk about that if you'd like yeah let's, <laughs> let's talk about that yeah uh, okay so um, yeah so I had in my house I had and that's the reason I picked that house um, that I lived in in Vegas for six years is because one wing of it was two bedrooms and a, and a full bath and and it was separate kind of from the rest of the house. And I said, that would be the studio, you know? Mm-hmm. So one room, the smaller bedroom was the control room. And then I had a, dr- a full drum room with a PA so I could rehearse there. And actually the first thing I saw about that house was that it had a wall around the side and it was on the corner. And I said, I think I'll be able to make noise in here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and luckily I, I could, I could play my drums at five in the morning, you know, cause I, I didn't fully soundproof it, but I did have like leather, things over the windows and stuff and like thick material to soak up the sound. Um, and then I had the, you know, the foam stuff in, in the drum room so it, it sounded right. But, um, and I would record all kinds of stuff. I did a, did a lot of recording on there, but um, Alex and I started writing stuff together and, um, and we, we really pushed ourselves because we would say, you know, he would say to me, let's just, you know, we had Callie the rapper. So we were doing a rap rock thing. Where I would sing the choruses and Callie would rap in the verses, and that was kind of the the basis of the yeah. thing, the the nucleus of it. And um, so Alex and I would write the music. Alex would use you know would have the riff or whatever, yeah. and then we'd collaborate and and go from there. And it's really cool. Um, we're just starting to revisit it again now um, because I did I toured with L. A. Gonzalez nineteen when I, I moved back in March of 2019, I moved back to California after six years. And um, um, I came back to help my mom and dad and stuff because they're getting older. So um, my brothers and my sister were like, you got to go. And I was like, all right, (laughs) Vegas is getting tired anyway. Um, so, uh, So I came back to California and joined. The day I was moving, the manager from LA Guns called me to 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 see if I wanted to join LA Guns and I did I said of course I need to do something so so, um because I just left Ace Frehley in eight end of 18 so what was that like five months you know now and you knew Tracy from from RISE Rise, yeah so um and I guess I was you know Tracy said told the management to call Scott Coogan right away and um so I was quite overwhelmed because I was moving and they asked me I said can I call you back and um, so I, I thought about it, and I ended up doing it. But so I moved back to California in uh, in March and toured pretty much that whole year. So, and then coronavirus happened this year, of course, or last year. And um, so Alex and I now are saying, "Hey, man, you know," about a couple months ago we started talking about revisiting the songs and fixing up a few things if we have Mm -hmm. to and 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 put them out we owe it to ourselves to do that you know because it's really it's really interesting creative good stuff and um so so we've just started doing that and um we have um our first song called girls of the night that is uh, very interesting it's an 80s rock ballad with rap with a rapper So (laughs) it's, 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 it's very interesting. Um, I think everyone's going to like it a lot, actually, um, because it's it's very different um, and very song oriented.
0: You guys have a name? Uh,
1: Alex plays all the solos. He's a great guitar player. Yeah, he is. And uh, yeah, he's amazing. And um, and we he's had another a lot one of...
0: who plays on a lot too. He's another guy who's Oh yeah, he
1: does. He's he's a workhorse, man. He's always doing stuff. He keeps my ass in shape. He keeps me going because <laughs> I can get lazy sometimes. <laughs> he's like, "Come on, man, let's work on this. Uh, work on this stuff." So, um, but making those songs, writing those songs, and doing the recordings that we have now um, was a lot of fun, and yeah. it was really good for me. Alex was there when I, you know, after the when the Ace thing happened which yeah. was which was tough you know because that was my gig for many years and it was my my income and everything and he just kind of said
0: well i gotta use jeans guys
1: and yeah. um so that was that was hard i love
0: how everybody does ace's voice <laughs> oh you gotta talk like Ace when i never i've never heard <laughs> yeah
1: i do the Ace best story Ace without
0: person. a voice that is a good yeah, one so that's
1: funny so
0: i gotta use jeans band scotty i feel like a heel
1: that's what he said i was like what's a heel what do you mean feel like a heel <laughs> So anyway, he didn't pick the best time to do it. You know, I could go into all that, but I don't need to. That's and okay. um, so, um, but it was, Alex was there for me and his and his, his fiance now, Tammy, um, helped me through a lot of that. I, I would go over there and, and stay with them. And then Alex would come and record with me and hang at my place. And, oh, so so we, job, stayed, we, stayed, job, we stayed, we stayed, we stayed busy. Exactly, exactly. So we stayed it's busy. It's more than
0: just that, you know, kind of who you were.
1: Yeah, right. You know, so. You, what the ace thing you mean
0: well yeah when you loft it i mean if you're doing it for so long it's like oh, yeah. your identity it's like your identity you know mm-hmm. like yeah. the johnny the same thing with Enough's enough it's you get you, you got lots of reasons good back and forth but it still become your identity at some point so
1: you're like yeah absolutely you know,
0: emotions you know that still, like, was ace's a drummer
1: here. for over a decade you know right and then all of a sudden he he switches it but That's i will thing. tell you i will tell you though and we still talk i mean I everything really, you know i'm not like oh he's a dick or you know I mean, the only thing I did ask him, and um, this is something I, I haven't told, said it to anybody, but my, my friends and, and you know, people, close people, um, is that he, um, when we were talking, I, I said something about, I said, you're, you're losing rock stars, meaning, actually, I texted it to him. This is after our phone conversation. I said, you're losing rock stars, meaning Chris Wise, he was in the cult and stuff, Richie, Scarlet you know and myself and i was just i was just saying that like you're you know you're you're going you're losing rock stars and um which is true but um and, and i also asked days when we were on the phone i said just you know don't do any don't say any, any crazy stuff about what happened let's just you know yeah. well let's just part like what breaking we- up with a breaking up with a girl you know right <laughs> it's like don't say shit about me let's just move on, move on. you know so that kind of thing and um but he did he went on a, an interview and said my drummer's really upset he's asking me for money and uh, and says that that i'm I, that he's a rock star and i fired a rock star you know he, he said it completely out of context and that's not what i said um I heard, so yeah, i was I upset that. about that i was i was mad i was i was like ace i asked you the one fucking thing i asked you not to yeah. do and um and he did. Part, well, the, the way I heard was I was at Alex's. I was um asleep on his on his couch. And he gets up at seven in the morning because he does booking, you know, he books for bands and stuff. He books mm-hmm. fast for Pussycat and stuff. And he says, he goes, Hey little buddy, wake up. He goes, You, you made the, the the front of Blabbermouth. mouth. I was like, what? And <laughs> he goes, he goes, Ace it says Ace Fraley's uh Ace Fraley's drummer Scott Coogan says you're losing a rock star. And I went, Oh no. <laughs> But the one thing I asked him not to say, but I said I was talking about it, the, the whole band. I was talking about losing the three of right. us. It was well, a great experience. The both times that I did it, <laughs> and um, you know, it was it was time to move on anyway. I think it was it was good timing for him. And you know, he's trying to get back into Kiss, and he wants to do what Gene says, and that's what he told me. You know, I got to do what Gene tells me. So, and I said, okay, man. And, you know, we still talk. We say. Merry Christmas and our birthdays are four days apart we're 20 years and and four days apart so um, so we you know we always contact each other on our birthdays and stuff like that so it's it's cool it's all good I love Ace and I think, I, he, I think, I think he's gonna he's gonna have me uh, record again too um he said he goes I want you to, to play on, on my next record so we'll see you know we'll see how that goes um Tracy asked me to play drums it was in Vegas and so I played drums on the first uh, show. We we played at the at the um, Hard Rock Cafe in in Vegas, and um, uh, I learned. I already knew some of the songs from In Brides. So we played a couple. Um, um, la gun songs because we only had nine uh, nine songs on our first on here come the Brides so we had to yeah, we, did, we did song, song, so we good. did motley song we did motley songs for nick with Nikki and and the la guns for tracy um so i knew some of them but um so what their first show back together tracy and phil i was playing drums and then you know and now i i'm here i am what was that five years ago or six, six years ago, I, don't, I don't know
0: right, Scott, i want to thank you for being on the show man i appreciate your time
1: Thank you, Sean. I had a blast talking with you and remembering some of the things that I've done. (laughs) Good and bad. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Yeah, right. right. (laughs) Okay, bye.